0: been a Christian here a long time, and you think, oh, man, I've been a Christian a long time. I know exactly what the Bible says. I get it all. I mean, every time I read it, it's crystal clear. Well, you would be in the very, very, very minority, because for most people, when they read the Bible, they kind of go, I think it says something about something. I should do something, right? And so that's why every single week when we gather together here, we try to unpack the Bible to understand what exactly is God saying. Can I say this as a pastor? Every single week that I approach the Word of God, I I'm trying to answer one question. What is God telling us? And we take the time to study it out all throughout the week and to make sure that we know exactly what God is saying and what He's not saying. There's a lot of times where pastors will get up, and I'm not faulting them, I'm just simply saying that as we handle the Word of God, it has to be handled very delicately, very very carefully, because sometimes we can put in our own thoughts and our own perspective and our own slant Into the Word of God, and I try to come to the Word of God and say, God, regardless of my past experience, regardless of my personal experience, regardless of my uh, uh, preferences, what is it that you're telling your people to do? And sometimes that's a really encouraging message. It's like, man, what God is saying here is that He loves you and He died for you and He loves you unconditionally. Sometimes it's a wonderful message of God will bring you hope in your darkness, and then sometimes it's messages like today where they're not as encouraging. They are, they are more instructive. And, and they're, they're a little bit more kind of like, this is what you need to do. Now, human nature, right, at any level, not all of us love to be told what to do. Okay, We don't necessarily say, hey, just tell me what to do. Now, sometimes people will have that spirit, and that's a great spirit to have. But most of the time in our human nature, we kind of like feel like we know what we need to do, and we're going to get it done, and we're going to make sure that things happen. I don't need someone else to tell us what to do. Well, in Christianity, we follow God and the Bible, and so every single day of our life, our mission is not to do what we want to do. Our mission is to do what God has told us to do. I Remember those bracelets they used to wear, around. Right? W W J D, what would Jesus do? Right? Some of you wore those bracelets. That's exactly the Christian life summed up in a bracelet. We need to wake up every day and say, okay, God, what is it that you want me to do? And sometimes it's super exciting, man. God wants me to be a part of a kids' fest or a part of a growing church. Woohoo! And then other times God just wants us to watch the words that we say. And it's not as glamorous. And it's not as as sensational, but it's absolutely essential to the growth in your Christian life. All of the Bible is important. All of the Bible matters. And we cannot gloss over the parts that come at our lives personally and just hold on to the things that make us feel good. Nothing wrong with feeling good. Nothing wrong with being encouraged. But sometimes the greatest encouragement is the truth from the Word of God. That this is what the Bible says, and we're not going to admit, here at Heritage, we speak the truth in love. We always speak the truth. That's, that's a given without a doubt. And we speak it in a way that's encouraging. And so this is not me getting on you. This is God telling you, hey, I love you. I died for you. You're going to live for me. If you want to do what I, what I want you to do, then you're going to look into my word and say, God, teach me. And here in James chapter number three, we see that James is d- doing exactly that. The title of today's talk is Watch What You Say. Watch. What you say. I remember when I was uh, in in college, I was traveling around uh, to different parts of the country representing my uh, my college and recruiting for, for upcoming uh, you know high school seniors. And uh, there was somebody that got up and we we would sing on a tour group and we come and we represent. I would say, "Hi, my name is Steve. I'm from Fairless Hills, Pennsylvania. I'm a sophomore studying uh, church ministries." I'd introduce myself and meet people. I I love that P- pure extrovert. I love meeting new people all the time. And uh, and uh, you know sometimes you get tired, you let your guard down, you know. And you kind of just like relax a little bit and I remember I was sitting in a church service I was on the second row and I remember a group got up to sing and I should by the way I should not have done this this is going to prove that your pastor is not a perfect person some of you may have thought that I promise you I'll tell you I'm not okay I'm not all right I have some. I have some stories that make me out to be a super spiritual Christian, and I have stories like I'm about to tell you right now that show I still need to grow in the Lord. Okay, and so I was sitting on the second row. I was tired. We were traveling everywhere, and this group got up to sing, and there was this uh, this lady up uh, up there singing. It was uh, probably my age, and uh, I just noticed that uh, that you know she had like a, she had a, a a bigger nose, and that's what I noticed, right? Okay. All right. Nothing wrong with that. Right. Nothing wrong with that. God made you that way. It's great. I don't know why I said it It was just kind of a dumb moment, kind of a college moment. Right. I wasn't walking in the spirit of God. Right. And it had my, I didn't have my WWJD bracelet on. Right. I forgot it back at the hotel room. And I remember I just made a comment. I just made a comment. I was like to my buddy, I was like, wow, she's got a big nose. (laughs) Right. And then I, I proceeded as that lady sang. she walked down from the platform she walked into the front pew to sit with her family that had been hearing the conversation that I had had with my buddy the whole time. I remember she sat down. Somebody said, whoops, I hear you. I'm all that, like, whoops, right? Like that Snickers commercial, want to get away? Oh, man, I want to get away. She sat down, and I remember, I remember she, got, she sat right in front of me, and uh, her mom turned around very Christian like this is her super spiritual story very Christian like she says oh she says by the way she turns around. she says by the way this is my daughter (sighs) you know I tell you There are moments in your life where you wish you could just vanish into thin air, right? And that was one of those moments where I wish I could just absolutely disintegrate and be beamed up to another planet and and be gone from that situation. And I remember, it was like God smote me and I said, man, even as a Christian, no matter where I'm at, no matter what the thing is, I got to watch what I say. I got to watch what I say. And God knows this. And God knows this, that we allow ourselves to limit ourselves because of the words we say. And so he put so much in the Bible about the words that you say. Think about that. The God of the universe, Almighty God, Jehovah, the one who knows the beginning from the end, the Alpha and the Omega, the one who holds all things in His hand, the one who holds all things into existence, the one who gave you the very breath that you just breathed right there, the one who allows you to see, the one that allows you to hear, the one who holds all the planets and the stars in His hands, the one who controls the end from the beginning. Almighty God is concerned about the next word out of your mouth. So if He's concerned about it, we better look and understand why God is so concerned with what we say. We see in James chapter number 3, the the verses are on on the screen here, if you'd like to follow along. It says in James chapter number 3, verse 1, it says, Now not many of you should become teachers, my brothers, for you know that we who teach will be judged with greater strictness. Verse 2, for we all stumble in many ways, and if anyone does not stumble in what he says, he is a perfect man, able also to bridle his whole life. Body. Verse 3 says, If we put bits in the horse's mouth so that they obey us, we guide their whole bodies as well. Verse number 4: Look at the ships also, though they are so large and are driven by strong winds, they are guided by a very small rudder wherever they will, uh, wherever the will of the pilot directs them. Verse 5: So also the tongue is a small member, yet it boasts of great things. How great a forest is set ablaze by such a fire! Verse six, and the tongue is a fire, a world of unrighteousness. the tongue is set among our members, staining the whole body, setting on the fire the entire course of life, and setting on fire by hell for every kind of beast, verse seven, and a bird and a man excuse me for every kind of beast and a bird, a reptile and sea creature can be tamed. It has been tamed by mankind, but the but no human being can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil, full of deadly poison. With it we bless we bless our Lord the, and Father, and with it we curse people who are made in the likeness of God. From the same mouth comes blessings and cursings, my brothers. These things ought not so to be. Verse eleven: Does a spring for spring pour forth from the same opening both fresh and salt water? Verse twelve: Can a fig tree, my brothers, bear olives and or a grapevine? Produce figs, neither can a salt pond yield fresh water. Why is it so important that we watch what we say? Number one, because words control direction. Words control direction. Look at verse number one. It says, Not many of you should become teachers, my brothers. For you know that we who teach will be judged with greater strictness. For we all stumble in many ways. So right there, that's a great thing for you to hold on to in that verse. Let's not go past that verse. But understanding that not everybody struggles with the same thing, but everyone struggles with something. Can I say that again? Not everybody struggles with the same thing but everybody struggles with something. As a matter of fact, James reiterates that, and he says, we all stumble in in, in many different ways. You know, the one person, listen, we love having people come in. Everybody's welcome here at Heritage, except for one person, the person who thinks they're absolutely perfect. No perfect people allowed here at Heritage. And here's the thing, if we don't allow any perfect people, that means everybody can come because nobody is perfect. And James says this here, we all stumble in many ways. But then he says, he says that, most of us actually do stumble in one way and that is with the words that we say for we all stumble in many ways verse 2 and if anyone does not stumble in what he says he is a perfect man also able to bridle his whole body he says we put bits in the horse's mouth that they may obey us we see direction here we see a common struggle that we all struggle with different things we are all accountable for what we say, As a matter of fact, he says this. He says, some of you want to be teachers, like you want to be pastors, like, like I'm a pastor, you want to go up and speak. He said, you better be careful because if you can't control what you say every day, then you might want to be careful how much you say on Sundays. He's saying all of us strive to be more, to be in a better position, to have a better influence. But if we can't control what we say to our spouse, if we can't control what we say to our coworker, how in the world will God give us a position to control what we say to the people of God? You see, God is calling upon you as a Christian to say, you know what? I'm going to control my words. I'm going to watch what I say. We all are accountable that we all will be judged for what we say. He mentions teachers. He says teachers will be judged, but he doesn't say that no one else will be judged. He says teachers will be judged more. And so I, I, that, that spoke to me this week. I'm like, mm, I better watch what I say, <laughs> right? I got to Be careful i got to watch my word, because not only will you be judged for what you say, but those that teach will be judged at a higher level for the fact that God positioned them to speak to his people. Let me say it this way. What God is saying to us is there are no wasted words with God. There's no wasted words. When you're driving in your car and your kids kind of, you know, say something, and you go, you know, however you respond, that's not a wasted word. That's not a wasted conversation. That's not a private conversation. You're not worried the privacy of your home. God says, I hear everything. I know everything. I hear every single word that you say to whoever you say it to. And as a Christian, you've got to watch what you say. The Bible talks about this. Matthew chapter 12, verse 36. says, I tell you on the day of judgment, people will give account for every careless word they speak every careless word they speak you'll give an account for it we see those who teach are held to a higher standard see we we are accountable for what we say we all struggle with what we say it says for we all stumble in many ways and if anyone does not stumble in what he says he is a perfect man the question is why does god care so much about what i say why does he care so much about what what I say in my life? You know why? Because words control direction. There's a controlling power when it comes to words. He says this in verse number three. He says, if we put bits in the mouth of horses so that they obey us, we, uh, we guide their whole bodies as well. Look at the ships. Also, though they are so large, are driven by strong winds, they are guided by a very small rudder wherever they, the will of the pilot directs. What word, here's a question this morning, I want to ask you. If words control our direction, then what word right now is controlling your life? What word is it? I don't know what word it is. Can we we share some negative words right now? For some of you, the word anxiety is controlling your life. It literally is controlling your life. Right now, the word fear is controlling your life. That word... That word, you wake up every day and that word is there. And that word, you may not say the word fear. You may not say the word anxiety. You may not say the word struggle. You may not say the word failure, but your actions show that that word is controlling your life. And God says "Look, you got to be careful the words that you say. Why? Because words control direction. So many people let the wrong word control their life. Fear, guilt, Anger, selfishness, depression, the words we say control the direction we go. Can I say that again this morning? The words that we say control the direction that we go. And when we wake up in in, in the morning, sometimes the first word that comes to our our mind is not a word that God wants us to dwell upon. It's not a word that God wants us to live our lives out of. But so many times we live our life out of a word, and God says you got to be careful what you say, not only to somebody else, you got to be careful what you say to yourself, because some of you are telling yourself some words You're telling yourself some lies. You're telling yourself some things that God never intended. Listen, God didn't save you. He doesn't love you. He doesn't die on the cross for you so you can live in fear, so you can live overwhelmed, so you can live in guilt. He set you free from all of that when he sent his son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross to break the chains of fear, to break the chains of addiction, to break the chains of guilt, to break the chains of depression, to break the chains of stubbornness, to break the chains of things in your life. Listen, stop telling yourself the wrong word. And start living in a way where the direction of your life is controlled by the words that God says about you. And what God believes in you. And what God says about you. We see that there are controlling power in words. There's also a concealing presence of words. It says if we put bits in the horse's mouth... Notice the two illustrations he uses. He talks about bits in the horse's mouth... And he talks about the rudder of a ship. Those are two things that we cannot see. Can't see it. And so many times, our life is controlled by a word that nobody sees. Can't see it. Don't know what's going on in here. And my friend, this morning, God cares about what you say. And not only do you have to watch what you say, you think, well, i got to watch what I say to my friend. you got to watch what you say to yourself because you are limiting what God has for your life. You see, Jesus died to change the words that control our life. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 11, it says, "In such were some of you, But you are washed. That's a good word. You are sanctified. That's a good word. You are justified. That's a great word. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. See, God directs our lives with purposeful words. God doesn't let you wake up in the morning and say, hey, you just pick a word that you want to control your life. Fear, guilt, failure, whatever. I don't care. No, no, God says, no, I have a purposeful word for you. And he says it in the scripture. Hey, you're justified. I'm getting excited today. I don't know. It must be the energy in the room this morning. Hey, you're justified. You are sanctified. You are glorified, but you are set apart. Listen, God has some words for your life. Why don't you take those words that you've been saying to yourself and throw them in the trash can where they belong and reach up and say, God, give me a word today. Give me some hope today. Give me some love today. I need that word in my life. I need it for my family. I need it for my future. I'm going to reach up and grab the words that God has purposed in my life. I don't know what it is. It might be the weather or something like this. I don't know. I'm just feeling real good this morning because God has some words for you this morning, and he wants you to live in those words. He wants you to abide in those words words what about the word forgiven what about the word saved what about the word child of God what about the word redeemed what about the word heaven and grace and love and faith and forgiveness and truth listen don't let the words control you in the wrong direction reach up and say God you've got a word for me today I'm going to hold on to it I'm going to believe it I'm going to trust it I'm going to let that word control my life control the future of my life why is it so important what we say because words control direction Words control direction. Can I say this? Why is it important? What we say, because words create destruction. They do. Verse number five says this, So also the tongue is a small member, yet it boasts of great things. How great a forest is set ablaze by such a small fire. And the tongue is a fire, a world of unrighteousness. The tongue is set among our members, staining the whole body. We see the damaging effect of our words. He says the tongue is a fire, See, uncontrolled words will devastate. They'll burn what is beautiful. Recently I took a trip to uh, Montana and I went out there and I'm not really an outdoorsy guy, all right? But I tried it, okay? It's not bad, it's not bad, all right? I can do it as long as there's a coffee shop close and some Wi-Fi. I'm good, right? And a log cabin and a car and air conditioning and and TV, I'm fine, right? I can can do the camping thing. Give me a couple, just a couple things on my list. Couple things on my list, I can do the camping thing, right, okay? And, um, and I went out there. I'll tell you, when I went out there, man, I'll tell you, it's beautiful. Beautiful. Man, you get, out, you get out there, you start driving around, and you see the beautiful forest. Man, it's just gorgeous. You're overwhelmed by God's presence. You're overwhelmed by the beauty of, of, of the majestic nature of God. And it's just wonderful. You know what the Bible says? The Bible says that words create destruction. He says that one uncontrolled word has the power to burn down that entire forest. That's a beautiful forest. I was talking with the, the person I was with. I was talking with them, and they were showing me. Uh, they were talking about the dangers of forest fires. That they're constantly aware of forest fires out there in Montana, because man, they, there's beauty in the mountains and there's beauty in those trees. And as we were driving along like this dirt road, he he pointed out to me. He said, "Look over there. That was that's left from a forest fire. Look over there is when the when the uh, over here got caught up. And boy, you just see the devastation. And then listen, a forest fire doesn't start with just some humongous blaze. No, it, one little spark." And the next thing you know, that one little spark of uncontrolled fire burns what is beautiful. You know, the Bible says our words can create destruction. You know, one wrong word can burn what is beautiful. See, God's trying to make your marriage beautiful. God's trying to make your relationship with your kids beautiful. But so many times, because we don't watch what we say, we allow that uncontrolled word to burn down something beautiful in our life. And he says, you got to be careful. You can't just say what you feel. You can't just say what's on your mind. Right? Well, so, I, just, I just say what's on my mind. You better be careful at that because you have no idea how that fire can burn down the beauty that God has put in your life. Can I ask you a question this morning? What relationship could be beautiful, but uncontrolled words are burning it down? What relationship could be beautiful? It could be, but uncontrolled words are burning them down. You see, uncontrolled words will devastate. They will burn what is beautiful. Uncontrolled words will devastate. They will stain what is valuable. Look at the next part of the verse. It says, The tongue is set among our members, staining the whole body. That, the idea of staining means that uncontrolled words, negative words, words that hurt and cut, have a way of having a permanent effect on your life. It stains you go out to lunch today, you spill something on your shirt the stain. You might be able to get it out, but it, 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 it's never the way it was when, before it got stained. Right? And so many times in our lives, if we're not careful, we think that we, we, are, we are doing our best, but then we let a word come out. We let a, a moment of anger allow us to say something that we don't mean, that we, we're, we're going to take back, but we don't understand. It devastates, it burns, it permanently affects someone else's life. You see, uncontrolled words will devastate, they, they will burn what is beautiful, they will, destroy, they will stain what is valuable, and then they will destroy what is possible. Look, it says, it says, setting on fire the, the, the entire course of life. He's saying, when you have uncontrolled words in your life, it literally dictates not only your life today, but the rest of the course of your life. The course of your life is affected. And it limits what is possible. God has so many possibilities for your life, but you keep limiting yourselves. You keep holding yourself back because you allow uncontrolled words to devastate your future and what God has for you. You see, it says uncontrolled words will devastate. Can I say this also? Uncontrolled words will distance Notice it says here, verse 7. It says, For every kind of beast and of bird and of reptile and of sea creature can be tamed and has been tamed by mankind. But no human being can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil full of deadly poison. So so far, James has said this. He said that the tongue, uncontrolled words, negative words, hurtful words, they're, they're like two things. They're like a forest fire, okay? And they're like an untamed animal. That's what they're like, okay? I don't know about you, but if there was a forest fire and there was an untamed animal... I don't want to be close to either one of those things. You see, uncontrolled words will devastate. Let me say this. Uncontrolled words will distance. Distance. You have a problem controlling what you say, always spouting off, always saying what you think, always hurting people, always putting them down, someone that you love or someone around you in your life. What's going to happen is you're going to find yourself, people are going to start doing this. Distancing themselves. From you because uncontrolled words distance a a tame animal is safe to be around. Can I say that again? A tame animal is safe to be around. If I came over your house, you had a dog, cat, whatever you have, right? You said, Oh, go pet Fluffy, right? I don't know if your cat's name is Fluffy, okay? If it is, that's a great name. You should name it Fluffy, right? Go over here and pet pet Fluffy, right? And so I went over, you know, and what, what does every owner say? Oh, they don't bite. So always you have to give that disclaimer, right, before you, uh, like, what you're saying is, watch this now, what you're telling me is it's, that animal is safe to be around. Can I say, can I say this, can I say this with all the love in my heart as a pastor, that because you have so many uncontrolled words, can I say this, it is not safe to be around you. Because someone in their life who is trying to move forward and someone in their life who's trying to follow God, they're trying to to, to walk in the spirit of God. They get close to you and all of a sudden they reach out to pet and you bite them. I don't know about you, I love your dog Fido or Fluffy or whatever you got, right? But I'll tell you what, if I reach down to to, to pet Fido and he bites me, I'm not going to get as close next time. And can I say this? Can I just can I just say what the Lord is leading me to say? Some of you, I'm telling you, men, I'm telling you, men as leaders of our home, listen, i tell you, sometimes we want our wife to be close to us, but the problem is we bit them so many times, they're not safe, you're not safe to be around. I'm not I'm not meddling here. I'm telling you what the Bible says. Is that we we have we have we have marriages that that are that are that are falling apart, not because the the, the wife is not doing what she needs to do, because the man can't learn to not say words that pull down his wife and then he wants to go in the bed and wants to have a good time and wants to have this I'm trying to be careful but you understand what I'm saying right and, and all of a sudden well, what's the problem why don't you want to be around me because you're not safe to be around <laughs> and so many times in our life we we have people and we wonder why we end up just living just so alone and you think, man, nobody wants to be around me. That's because nobody wants to get hurt around you. And if you change your words, I think people will start coming back in closer. And and, and you can have that relationship. Can I say this? Uncontrolled words will distance. Can I, can I say this? That what we say could be what's pushing people away. Now I'm gonna I'm gonna stop and say this. I, I, was, I even wrote this in my notes. I'm going to speak, I'm going to, speak to a specific group of, of people in this room this morning. I want to speak to those who maybe have an unsaved spouse or maybe a wayward child. Maybe, maybe someone in here that's not a believer, and you love them, and you are trying to reach out to them, and boy, you've preached at them every sermon you can think to preach at them, right? And you've, and you've got on them, and you've reminded them of how we raised you, and you've reminded them of what's important. Can I just say this this morning? As, and I'm saying this to this specific group that what you say may be what's pushing them away. And, and the Bible speaks to this very clearly. It, it says this in, in the Book of First Peter. It says, "Wives, be subject to your own husbands, so that even if some do not obey the word, that they may be one." Here it is. I, I even highlighted on the screen here. Without a word. Without a word. He's saying, some of you got some people in your life who you're trying to bring close to God, and you're trying to do it with all the words you say. But the words you say are what keep pushing people away. And what he's reminding you is saying, listen, if you'll just be what you need to be, and you'll just be faithful to the Lord, you can win them without a word. You don't have to say anything, because what you do is saying more than you could ever say to them, he says, without a word, by the conduct of of their wives when they see your respectful and pure conduct the bible says in matthew chapter 5 and verse 16 it says in the same way let your light shine before others that they may see your good works and glorify your father which is in heaven listen some of you this morning man you're trying to say the right words to the wrong person and you think man they're never going to listen i try to tell them all the time what they need to do i'm on the phone with them i text them and tell them maybe you should stop saying it and maybe you just say, God, you know where they're at. You know what you... And God, my, wor- my words are not going to, to change anything. Your word in them is going to change something. And so I'm just going to live the way you want me to live. And God, I know. I know you know exactly where they are. And when they're ready to come home, like the prodigal son, I'll be there waiting for them. I'll be there waiting for them. I just felt led to say that to a few folks in, in, this, in this congregation this morning that I think need that encouragement. Just to say, you know what? Lord, you know where they're at. And Lord, I'm going to trust you. I'm not going to keep saying. I'm just going to keep living. And as I keep living, you work. and Let them be one without a word. Can I say this? That words control direction. Words create destruction. And then, uh, last point, we're done. Words cause division. Words cause division. Verse number nine, it says this. With it we bless the Lord our Father, and with it we curse the people who are made in the likeness of God. Of God. We see division among God's people. You know why God cares what we say? Because if we don't have controlled words, then that division and that destruction can get into God's house. And James stops and says this. He says, We got to be careful what we say at the workplace, yes. At home, yes. But you have to understand that if you bring in uncontrolled words, negative words into God's house, it's going to cause division. Let me say this this morning God is never glorified when people are being criticized. God is never glorified when people are being criticized. And sometimes in our lives we 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 bring in words into God's house, and we think, well, I don't know about this, and I don't know about that. And did you hear this, and we got a little conversation over here, and a little conversation over here, and a little conversation. I don't know about any of those conversations. I'm sure that never happens at this church. Other churches I've heard, but this church never happens ever. No one, everyone just loves everything we do all the time. It's amazing. It's amazing. It's a wonderful church. And here's the thing: we bring in those words, and what's going to happen is our words are going to cause division, and and we're going to be uh, not be able to go forward in our church. In the purpose that God has for us, we see a clear contradiction. He says, Out of the same mouth proceeds blessings and cursing. Can I say this? Because I'm like the guy up here, right, that has to speak. I'll tell you, sometimes in church, our words can cause division. We can shake the pastor's hand and say, Hey, God bless you, Pastor. And then over at Chili's, we kind of say a couple other things about the pastor that isn't God bless you, Pastor. Out of the same mouth proceeds blessings and cursings. You know what James says? These things ought not so to be. We see a a clear contradiction. We see a a clear solution. You know what what James says? Here's the clear solution. Ready? Stop talking about people. Stop it. Stop it. Oh, it's just a conversation with my friend. No, it's just a vision. You say, oh, it's just, a, just, it's just how I feel about a certain thing that's going on in the church. Stop talking. My brother, these things ought not so to be. I didn't say it, but I'm going to say it here. I didn't write it. God wrote it, and he understands that, listen, if he can get a church divided, he can get a church distracted. And if the church is distracted, then the people out there lose, because they don't know Jesus as their Savior. They don't know about heaven. They don't know about the gospel. And if there's a church talking amongst themselves, fighting amongst themselves, wondering, well, I like this color, and I like this color, and I wish it was like this, and my favorite seat isn't here anymore. Listen, don't let the words come in and divide us, because it will distract us, and it will send people where God does not want them to go that's an eternal separation I'm saying this morning why don't we come and say you know what yeah maybe it's not my favorite thing or yeah it's okay but it's not about that I'm getting excited now it's not about that it's about us coming together being unified as a church and saying I'm going to watch what I say because I'm not going to allow myself to be used to distract God's church and the mission that God has for this church (laughs) I'm having a great time up here by the way it's a one. I'm having a good time up here this morning. It's a lot of fun. But I say this morning that divi- there's division among God's people. You see, we try to bless and belittle at the same time. So we do, my brothers. These things ought not so to be. I love James's solution. Stop it. Thank you. Stop it. I even put it up on the screen in case you're wondering. Stop it. You know what God wants you to do? For some of you, the decision from today's message is very simple. You know what it is? Stop talking about other people. Stop talking about other people. Stop thinking that you're fixing them. Stop complaining to people who can do nothing about what you're talking about. And and realize that God has positioned you to be a part of something that he has for your life. You see... Not only is there division among God's people, but he says in the last couple of verses and we're done. He says there's the, there's division in God's purpose. He says does a spring, does a spring pour forth from the same opening both fresh and salt water? Can a fig tree, my brothers, bear olives and grape and grapevine produce figs? Neither can a salt pond yield fresh water. You know what he's saying? He's saying when you when there's division, words, in God's house, all of a sudden now there's a division about the purpose. Okay, is this a? It, he, he, he gives several examples. Can a spring bring forth the same, like both fresh and salt? The, the spring has one purpose. The, the fig tree has one purpose, right? The pond has one purpose. But when we allow negative words into our life, all of a sudden now we're divided in our purpose. We, we get distracted from what God has for us. Your purpose is not to point out what's wrong with everybody else. Your purpose is is not to point out what's wrong with everybody else. You see, a division in your words creates a distraction in your purpose. And some of you are so worried about this person. And all you can do is focus on this person. And all you can do is think about this person. And all you can think about what they didn't do. You see what they did? You see what they posted on Facebook? You see what happened? You see what they said? They said, "Look at that." They went. You see what they over here? And you see? You already said to me. And he to do. You're so focused on this part. Listen, you're going to w- wake up one day and realize what have I done with my life? Just walking in the circles. We got a bunch of people, Christians that God has saved, that He loves, that He has a purpose for. But because you're so distracted. By what someone else is doing, by what someone else is saying, because you think it's your job to fix everybody else's problems, now what happens is you end up living a life and missing the purpose of God for your life. Can I say this? Your purpose this morning is to glorify God. to glorify God. The Bible says this: Colossians chapter three and verse 17, and we're done. It says, "And whatsoever you do in what's, a, what's, that, what's that yellow word right there? What you do in word? What serve you do in word? or deed. Do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, giving thanks to God, the Father, through him. Better watch what we say. Because I think our words carry more weight and more power than we think. Because our words can control direction. Our words, mm, they can create great destruction. In our words, they can cause great division. But God reminds us that if we'll focus on the purpose he has, that in everything we do, everything we do, and everything we say, we can bring glory to God. We can honor him. And we can see God use us individually to see beautiful things come about in our life in our church. Can we pray together? Lord, we love you so much. God, we're thankful for who you are. Thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you, God, for the fact that you care about even the very words in our mouth.